sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast in grafton and in Tweed yesterday, as well as in Taree, Coffs Harbour, Kempsey and Sydney and all points further south, people were uh, rising up against the National Party for its, uh, its policy of exterminating our koalas. Of course, they don't uh, make it public what their intentions are, except insofar as they pass legislation which makes it inevitable. They, uh, environment groups, uh, the, the, there was a media release here with environment groups rally across New South Wales to urge Parliament to maintain koala protections. And the story is that the New South Wales Government's upper house will debate legislation next week that, which would remove most of the hard-won gains made over the last 25 years for the koalas. Far from arresting the decline in koala numbers as the Berejiklian government have promised, uh, changes to the Local Land Services Act will see koalas extinct in New South tw- before 2050 as per the New South, South Wales, the findings of the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry, which reported uh, just over a month ago now. The North East Forest Alliance and other environmental groups across the state are holding coordinated protests yesterday or did hold coordinated protests yesterday to try to push uh, national MPs to block the bill, or all MPs indeed, which is expected to be voted on in the Upper House on November 11th. That's this Wednesday, people. Protests will happen in Coffs Harbour, did happen in Coffs Harbour, Grafton, Kempsey, Port Macquarie, Sydney, Taree and Tweed Heads. Local Land Services Amendment Miscellaneous Bill 2020 introduced into Parliament on the 14th of October represents the Liberal Party's total capitulation to the developers and the loggers on behest of the koala killer faction uh, known as the National Party, said Dylan Pugh. These proposed changes are clearly intended to make the koala SEP ineffective and remove most of the hard-won gains made over the last 25 years. This is a despicable act from a government hell-bent on halving or indeed eliminating our rapidly diminishing populations of koalas, not doubling them. So, I was there in Grafton and in Tweed yesterday. Uh, we had a it was an exciting day out. It was a, there was a great crowd of people turned up to both Jeff Provost's office in Tweed and to uh, Chris Galaptis' office in Grafton. Now these two National Party members seem to be cut from a different cloth, cloth but both of them voted for the Koala Killer Bill. Jeff Provost was apologetic. He sort of likes to paint himself a light shade of green. He likes to talk about the trees that he's planted and and the research that he thinks needs to be done to find out what it is that's killing our koalas. His best guess is it's chlamydia and and a lack of speed cameras, he suggested. Uh, That's, uh, you know, Jeff may be sincere in his concern for the koalas, but he is absolutely ineffectual if his intentions are to try to save them. Anyway, there was uh, he had the courage to come out and speak to the crowd yesterday. So good, uh, good on him. Uh, you know, got to give him props for that. Uh, he's uh, he's he's at least willing to face the music. Of course, he is in a marginal seat, 
So he needs to get every single vote from everybody in the Tweed. And if he thinks that allowing the koalas to go extinct by 2050 and offering us excuses instead of safety for our koalas uh, is going to win him uh, his seat again, uh, he's got another thing coming, in my opinion. Anyway, as I said, uh, we're in Tweed. I uh, am going to produce a report on the Tweed action for next week because Jeff said he's got a four-page report, which he's ha- a four-page document, which he wants us to have a look over and give him some feedback on, and he's willing to discuss that with us, which is a really good offer, a very fair and reasonable offer from Jeff. So we'll go, and I'm going to take him up on that offer. Uh, we'll go through his uh, his four-page document that he's so proud of, and we'll see. What's in it? It may be that it's got all the answers we're looking for. We'll, uh, we'll get back to you next week on that. In the meantime, yesterday in Grafton, there was a crowd of people gathering outside Chris Galaptis' office, including the president of the North Coast Environment Council, uh, Jim Morrison, and he spoke passionately at the beginning of this uh, this report. And then after that, Tim Watson, uh, Clarence local uh, and, and a passionate koala advocate and tree planter, uh, got up and uh, spoke as well. So you'll hear that in this report. Well, thank you everyone for coming. Here we are outside the office of the Deputy Koala Killer-in-Chief himself. <laughs> <laughs> It's so shameful to be part of this electorate with someone like this running the show. This is is the man who introduced the bill. This is the man who tried to overthrow his own coalition to get what he wanted for his logger mates and his developer mates. This bill has got nothing to do with farmers. This bill is about logging. They're running out of trees, so they have to weaken the regulations even further to get at the last remaining stands. Most of those stands were protected for koalas. They've attacked riparian zones, they've attacked steep land, and now it's koalas in their sites. So let's not forget, it's not just about koalas, it's about all their other furry friends that live in these trees. Yellowbelly gliders, gales, quolls, A whole range of endangered, threatened fauna is now at risk due to this person in this office, this koala killer-in-chief, or deputy. I should say his boss, Mr. Bellaro, is the koala killer-in-chief himself. That's right. Yeah, sack them all, I say. We won't forget this at the next election. Sack them all! The long, the short and the tall. And once again, I say, this is not about farming. Most of the farmland was cleared 100 years ago. Right. This is about pushing into marginal country, which shouldn't be farmed anyway, but it's really about private native forestry and meeting the demands of the insatiable timber industry who have been busy lobbying behind the scenes for years, weakening regulation to get at those last trees. That's right. And it's the death knells for koalas and all their friends. So let's spread the word to all of our friends. Come election time, let's boot these bastards out. Kill the bill! 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 Kill the bill, not Blinky!
The Lawrence Koalas are situated in the Clarence Valley and we outright condemn the controversial New South Wales Government's Local Land Services Amendment Bill. Kill the bill! Kill the bill! Kill the bill! Kill the bill! This bill represents a major reversal of the Government's previous support for koala protection. It's a massive step backwards for koala protection in New South Wales, especially in light of the devastating drought and the bushfire season of 2019-2020, which has already placed the surviving koala population under immense pressure. At the Upper House inquiry into koala populations and habitat in New South Wales, held up in Ballina, Bangalore koalas, friends of the koala, and Ballina koalas were all witness to the public hearing where the Honourable Ben Franklin MLC commended their work for koalas. However, he is supporting this bill, a bill that could condemn koalas to extinction. Kill the bill! 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 This bill will give free reign to private native forestry and double the duration of the PNF operations from 15 to 30 years. No! If the bill becomes law, even if a forest is identified as koala habitat, it will remain unprotected from clearing for agriculture and logging. So we need to freeze the amount of koala habitat that can be protected in comprehensive koala plans of management meaning that over 99% of koala habitat on private land will never have protection. Disgraceful! This will allow more clearing to take place in environmental zones, undermining the protections offered by e-zones and removing their ability to require development application for land clearing activities. This bill is designed to benefit developers and agribusiness without any consideration for the value of our forests and the incredible biodiversity they support. If we do not support koala habitat and stop the logging of native forests, there will be simply will be no future for our koalas. Oh, no. oh. This must not happen. The koalas are precariously paused to head in towards the extension and they need our help. Have we so forgotten last year's catastrophic bushfires which burned 5.3 million hectares of our state, including 2.7 million hectares of national parks, and it's estimated that a million, minimum 5,000 koalas died in this bushfire season. We absolutely cannot allow this bill to pass. We must act now to protect koalas and the habitat before we lose them forever.
that was a report from or some some audio. Full credit to Jimmy Malecki Photography who provided me with that audio very kindly, which made it possible for me to put that uh, report together from there. But uh, that was Tim Watson who wrapped up that report with his stirring speech uh, outlining the problems of that bill. We are going to go on to, uh, to, de- to go into more detail with Susie Russell's uh, account of discussion of the, uh, the koala killer bills and the problems that are inherent in it. Um, she spoke to Meg Nielsen from uh, Celebrating Earth and Art. We have on the line Susie Russell, who's the Vice President of the Northeast Forest Alliance. Uh, good morning, Susie. Good morning, Meg. Well, gosh... What awful things uh, facing our koalas and all the other uh, threatened species. That's right. I think what's happening with the koalas is particularly shocking Mm. because, firstly, we've had uh, the Environment Minister say he wants to double the population of koalas um, between now and 2050. And the Premier has come out saying that she wants to be the Premier who saved koalas. And yet what they have done is actually taken koala protection backwards um, 25 years, like before there was a a state environment planning policy uh, that was aimed at trying to protect koalas. So, um, you know, that policy was brought in in 1995 and the the recent parliamentary inquiry into koalas found that... um, it really wasn't working for a variety of reasons. Mm. But um, nonetheless, what the um, Libs and the Nats are in the process of doing actually takes us back to before that time. And I find that really shocking. And it particularly, this is, this is mainly to do with uh, private land because... Something like, I think, I think the figures are something like 61% of high-quality koala habitat actually occurs on private property. Oh. So it's a very high percentage. Yeah. And, um, and most of that, um, a lot of that that we're talking about is, is on the north coast and it is forests where um, there's competition for the trees between uh, the logging industry and and the koala. Mm. And I was just looking at some figures before we talked, and there's almost half a million hectares of uh, private forest that's been approved for logging on the north coast. Oh, no. Um, and uh, of that, uh, most of it would be considered to be um, highly suitable for koala habitat. Mm. But, of course, it also has high timber value. Mm. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is we're seeing rule changes, law changes, that are going to make it very easy to log in koala habitat uh, with no assessment, no approval required, no changes in the rules are going to affect it from now on, um, rather than um, what you would hope would be the way you'd go about trying to double the koala population. Yeah. And that is making sure that uh, logging of koala habitat can't go on without, um, without approval, that where there are clearly koalas living, 
that an arrangement needs to be made where the government provides compensation to the landowner for not, uh, you know, for not logging that particular piece of forest. Yes. There need to be incentives for conservation, but instead we have all these incentives that are uh, for logging. The government makes it very easy to get a logging approval. Mm. Um, but where are the programs that make it easy for people to designate particular areas of forest as koala reserves uh, and manage them accordingly. And uh, it's, it's shocking because uh, it's going to have a really dramatic effect on the future of koalas in the North Coast because so much of their habitat is on private land. It, it's, it's really extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, it's clear that they need to be compensating uh, landholders for um, setting aside their land for uh, conservation uh, for the koalas, in, in particular in this case at the moment. But it, it's, it's disturbing to me that um, uh, after the findings of that very extensive koala inquiry, um, it, it seems they've sort of listened to it and said, oh, yeah, OK, uh, and just then swept it all aside. That's right. Um, I mean, we, we were sort of treated to that incredible um, piece of theatre between um, John Barillaro, the leader of the Nationals, uh, and Premier Gladys Berejiklian, yeah. Yeah. where, you know, she stood up to him and said, mm. you know, you, we... You can you can all leave if you want to, yeah. and then we find out after all of that that most of what the nationals wanted, they had already been um, given. Stokes had written to them before that little spat, saying, "Yes, we're going to take out the map um, of identified koala habitat from the planning policy. Um, we're going to make." Uh, we're going to give landowners the opportunity to challenge the um, to challenge whether their their property's been assessed as koala habitat, and if they do challenge it, the council will have to pay to do a new assessment. Uh, you know, so these are the things that were brought in. That's extraordinary. A, well, that's right. So I mean, they they sort of appease them yeah. in, in that sense as far as the SEP, and then they're now. Um, have passed through the lower house of parliament a an amendment to the local land services act and local land services uh, they used to be called the pastoral protection boards so they've yeah. actually been sort of revamped into this local land services um uh, bureaucracy yeah. that are quite powerful and they have now been uh, given the responsibility among many other things for um, private native forestry, and um, and so what this amendment to the local land services bill does, it says things like um, no new areas of koala habitat can be identified as um, well any core koala habitat that's identified as part of a koala plan of management cannot be considered. Um, sensitive regulated land, which is a phrase that means that therefore it's protected from yeah. logging. Yeah. Um, so it can't be protected. So if, if we find out that oh. in some particular catchment, the last colony of koalas yeah. is on the property of someone who wants to log it, 
and too um, bad. Bad luck. Yep. Their, their yep. logging approval um, basically says they don't need to worry about it. Good and, God. And not only that, Meg, which is, I mean, it's all pretty bad, but yeah. the length of time which these logging approvals last is going to be extended from 15 years to 30 years. Oh, for goodness sake. And any new information that comes up during that 30 years about endangered species, koalas, you know, the effect of logging on water catchments. I mean, anything. Mm, yeah. Um, doesn't matter. Can't be the, taken the, into the consideration. And, and, it, and it becomes like a property right Good where, God. of course, if you wanted to change the rules, the landowner could then say, well, you have to compensate me. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for my, what I was going to make out of this over 30 years. So it's a... Good God. It's a bit like what happened with water. Yes. You know, where, where basically you hand out um, licences, permits for things, that, for, for water that's not there, um, and, uh, and then people are all jumping up and down saying, well, you have to, you have to compensate me if you want to take away, mm. if you want to take it away. And um, so that's what's happening. And um, what's incredible is that two of the members of the state government's um, parliamentary inquiry, um, Liberal Party member Catherine Cusack yep. and National Party member Ben Franklin, yep. um, who both signed on to that uh, report mm. and the recommendations. Um, well, their parties have have voted for this in the lower house, and of course, the the legislation goes to the upper house where they both get a vote. Yes. On um, we think it's going to go in on November the 11th. And are they going knowing as they do, having sat through uh, hours and hours of hearings and heard evidence about the dire pl plight of the koala, are they now going to go in there and vote for it? Mm. Uh, uh, you, would, you would think so, wouldn't you? Anyway, I'm going to play you something from the Northern Rivers Guardians, uh, Scott Sledge. He was there in Tweed. He managed to, to organise uh, that whole event very ably and uh, brought the people uh, of the Tweed out on the day. You know, there was more than 50 people turned up uh, on, a, on a Friday afternoon to, uh, to Jeff Provost's office. Anyway, Scott has got a great insight into this. This was an interview which uh, Scott did with Julie Beasley from Eco Futures show in Byron Bay. So here's Scott Sledge explaining in more detail some of the, uh, the facets that uh, you might not already be aware of of the Koala Killer Bill. Please get on and uh, while you're listening, get onto the NEFA website, look up koalas and send some emails. Uh, it's, it's really easy. Koalas were already in trouble, having lost 50% of their population in New South Wales during the previous 20 years, according to the Upper House Committee that was chaired by Kate Furman last year. Koalas could become an extinct species in New South Wales by 2050. Then we had the Black Summer bushfires, and another 30% of the existing colonies were destroyed. So it's a bit of a kick in the guts when they, the National Party threatened to cross the floor if we didn't reverse some of the protections that were currently offered. They said that it's too hard for developers to go out and 
look for koalas and and they didn't think that it was fair that they'd have to put in a DA uh, when they wanted to do some logging or when they wanted to create a, a development of some sort. So they pressured the government to uh, remove these protections. And in short, the government rolled over. The media, in the meantime, took the line that, that the premier, Gladys Berejiklian, was promoting that there was a marvelous compromise, a great win for democracy. The National Party was happy, and, and so should we all be, because it was what she called a perfect balance. But that's not what's happened. What's happened is that the government has agreed to promote a bill promoted by the National Party. It seems to be designed to benefit property developers because they, they simply don't want the wildlife in their way and don't want regulations. In other words, they want to have free reign to do what they like. Now, how is this a perfect balance? It, it, to me, a balance should be maybe 50-50 of some sort, but this is 100% skewed in favor of developers and land managers, and there's nothing for protection of wildlife. If this bill passes, councils will be very restricted in what they can protect through environmental zones. In fact, most of the allowable activities include construction of water and gas pipelines through E-zones uh, will not be required to even put in a DA to councils. So councils will not have any say in this. And definitely logging is uh, being favored because they're actually putting in a, a special clause in this bill that will double the duration allowed for uh, private native forestry from 15 to 30 years. So they won't have to, to talk to anybody about it. You can have a sensitive environmental zone that is just logged or cleared without any reservation or regulation. It's an amazing bit of bad legislation, which in this time of climate change and the urgent action we need to promote more forests rather than less, and that we need to protect species which are being caused pushed to extinction, uh, that to have something like this come up uh, is just gobsmacking. It's com completely you know, unexpected, I must say, because the government was saying that they wanted to protect and, and double the population of koalas, for instance. They wanted to double them, the population. Well, that's good PR, but what they, have, in fact, have done is is virtually guaranteed their extinction. We have a, a real situation on our hands, and at the moment, we believe that the public has been duped. The Murdoch press has said, oh, yeah, great, you know, it's a, the coalition is saved there by compromise. It's not a compromise, a total backdown on the part of the liberals. You can't trust the nationals. They have been promoting the destruction of uh, even national parks. What we've got here is a full-on assault on our natural heritage. We've had some protection for 25 years, and this will roll that back so that E-zones are no longer useful in any way. So we're asking for people to come out and, and demonstrate with us on Friday, the 6th of November. Some of us are going to the National Party members in our district, like Jeff Provest up at South Tweed, 
and uh, Chris Galaptis down at Grafton. People can contact upper house members because they have yet to vote on this. This bill is has passed the lower house, but it will be presented to the upper house in the next week or so, and it's scheduled for a vote on the 11th of November. So we still have time. There's still hope that we can actually influence the uh, the premier for a start and the minister for planning. Uh, his name is Rob Stokes. Matt Keane is, is a liberal member, and he is the Minister for Energy and Environment. Others that people could contact uh, would be Catherine Cusack, who is on the committee to investigating koalas. She is Ballina-based and a liberal, so she is going to be voting on this. Ben Franklin, he would love to keep his... Um, profile up in our district. So Ben Franklin was also on the Koala Inquiry, so he can be contacted, and and he is saying that he will vote for it, but maybe we can influence him. Fred Nile is uh, committed to supporting the government, but I'm going to be writing to him and saying, look, this is one of God's creatures that is likely to become extinct if we pass this legislation. All we need to do is shift one or two votes, and, and this could go down. The Labor and Greens are opposing the bill, and so really we need to alert the public that there is a very real danger that our environmental uh, protections are going to go out the window and that we're being deceived. And that's, I think, probably the worst thing of all, is that uh, the public is being sold a lie that this is a total deceit. It's saying, well, yeah, we're going to protect the wildlife, we're going to protect the koalas, uh, but at the same time we're going to increase logging and land clearing. Hello? Logging and land clearing are only going to increase the climate change disaster which is on our doorstep, so we need to stand up and fight this. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Gangsta State! This credibility-shredding episode finds our lovelorn femme fatale, Princess Gladys, alone in her boudoir, composing a Lonely Heart's personal advertisement. Open-minded and flexible premiere of great promises, but unfortunate history, seeks close personal relationship with voters to improve her electoral prospects. More sinned against than sinning, I'm willing and able to turn my blind eye while you commit shameful acts, as long as you're willing to reciprocate. Happy to dress up in a koala suit if that will inspire your undying ardor. Down, Porky Barrel! I thought you were in Arkham! Asylums are like electoral laws, Gladys. They haven't built one yet that I can't break out of. What's this? I've run every red light and shot out every speed camera between here and Arkham to get to you, Gladys, and here you are betraying me for those fluffy little tree rats. Why, I oughta... Come out with your hands up. Turn out the lights and woodchip the evidence, Gladys. It's ICAC! Oh, Porky, don't you understand? You might be after the slammer, but I will just bat my eyelids and claim I knew nothing. And no judge in the state will convict me. Yeah, well, that might work with the cops, Gladys. But there's a mob of property developers behind them who will hang us both up from fish hooks and use us for target practice while ICAC 
barbecues us alive. Our only hope now is to throw the fluffy little tree rats into the chipper, burn them in the furnaces, and call it renewable energy. <laughs> Our very own blaze of glory. Luckily, I've got the shred all warmed up. Tune in again next week to find out. Will Princess Gladys get away with washing her electoral dirty laundry greener than green? Will Don Pokey Barrels sleep with the fishes and shooters? Oh, Gangster State! Any similarity between the characters of Gangster State and the New South Wales government is purely an improbable coincidence. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental As Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're handy.